Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 266 of the Spoiler Alert podcast brought to you by MovieOutsiders.com. I'm Danny. I'm here with Mike. And tonight we are joined by special guest host, our friend Dan, to talk about Blinded by the Light, the new film from the director of Bend It Like Beckham featuring the music of Bruce Springsteen. Dan, Mike, how are you guys doing tonight? I'm doing great. I'm doing great, buddy. Thanks for having me on again. It's a pleasure to be here with you guys. Dan, when was the last time you were a guest host on Spoiler Alert? Was it Braveheart? I think it was Braveheart. It was either Braveheart or Spectre. I can't remember what order we did that in, but it's been a while. Yeah. Braveheart was episode 79. It was September of 2015. So Jeez. it's been a there's piece. no there's That's no way it's been good. that long there there's no way it's been that long you were also on uh, the the Jaws three what episode was that the Jaws three D Jaws three D Jaws three D I think I believe that was before Brave oh no way oh, I wow. think so yeah. wow it's All been right. four years so w- welcome back thank you it's welcome great back. to be here glad to have you yeah yeah really really excited to have you here. Um, and we're really excited to to talk about this movie. You are an enormous Bruce Springsteen fan. Yeah, I, I, that's putting it pretty mildly. I, I've stopped <laughs> counting how many times I've seen him in concert now, but it's what it's, would you what would you estimate it at? Like you you've seen um, him it's quite over a bit. forty. Wow, twice. Okay, yeah. all right, that's amazing. Oh, oh, four. Yeah, forty. <laughs> that's great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. Yeah, so I'm, I'm a big fan. I was I was really jazzed. Uh, when I heard that this movie was coming out and very excited to see it. Now, for all our listeners who don't know you, and that's pretty much everybody yeah. because you haven't been on in four years, um, <laughs> when Mike and I, independently of one another, saw the trailer for this movie, there's the sequence when the main character, Javed, is coming to the United States and he's going through customs. And the the border agent says, <laughs> what's the purpose for your visit? And the guy says, I'm coming here to visit the home of Bruce Springsteen, yeah. and he says, I can't think of a better reason for someone to visit the United States <laughs> yeah. than to visit the home of the boss. And I called Mike, and we were like, that could be the most Pavlov- Pavlovichian <laughs> like line. You could have you written that. Like, you could have written it, delivered it, and just naturally said and, it. And it believed like, it, like with every as, sense yeah, of your being. Agent, yes. yeah. Well, yeah. it was one of my favorite lines and, and scenes in the movie too and it just i mean for lack of a better way of putting it that that whole scene just kind of sang to me yeah. like i i got exactly oh, yeah. what was going on there you know i was yeah. picking up what he was putting down well that's awesome and i want i want to we want to get into the movie before we did got into this though i just thought since it's been so long we had, since we had you on the podcast i'm just curious uh maybe what the the best movie you've seen in the last year or so is, and if you can think of maybe what's the worst movie, uh, and then Mike and I can share as well. But just yeah. kind of curious so since I, it's been a while. I was kind of thinking about that, and you know, I have two small kids at home, uh, so I don't get out to the movies as much as I used to. Um, so I, I really haven't seen a lot of movies. But if we're talking about you know within movies that I've seen in the last year, I would say. Uh, not all that ironically, that probably my my favorite film was Springsteen on Broadway on on Netflix, the, the oh, one yeah. okay. Broadway show. Um, I, I really loved that. The other some of the other movies that I've I've seen in the theater have just been really kind of been lukewarm on. Um, probably the best one that I've seen recently was Toy Story Four. 
Yeah. Um, oh, and even okay. that one, like, I thought wasn't as good as Toy Story 3. So it's hard for me to say that's the best. Um, and, and the worst, there's nothing that really stands out. But I kind of, you know, I did go see Avengers Endgame in the theater. And I just kind of had this realization that I think I'm just kind of over the whole superhero thing. It just, mm. it was fine. But it just didn't huh. trip my trigger, you know? Like, I, I was excited going in, and I was just kind of left feeling like, eh, okay, I guess I'm kind of over the whole superhero thing. So Interesting. Wow. Okay. okay. Not that there was anything particularly bad about it. I thought it was very well made, and, you know, from a production value standpoint, I just, I don't know. I, I was sure. expecting a much better theater-going experience. So. Well, I certainly loved Toy Story 4 as well. That would be close to the top of my list. And, um, you know, we Danny and I reviewed yesterday, a couple weeks ago, and, you know, I've downloaded the soundtrack now and been listening to that quite a bit, and now that movie has taken on, like, just another level of excitement for me. Like, I really liked the movie, and there were some things that I didn't like about it, but God, the music is so good and it's the Beatles music. And I think that it's reimagined really well. So I'd put yesterday right up there as for the worst, probably palms. That was just a pile of dog. (laughs) Just utter dog. Yeah. For me, palms is the absolute low point. There's no denying that was, that was atrocious. Just just a moment of my life. I I I want back. Yeah, I would have loved to have put yesterday on at the top of the list. I, I really wanted that to be like a top five movie for me. It was a lot of fun. Uh, but for my, for my money, I like you, Dan, I, I feel like there haven't been that many really great films in the last couple of months here. So I put Avengers Endgame as a movie, as I am a big comic yeah. book movie guy. Um, I found it pretty satisfying from a completion standpoint and... You know, it's nearly three hours long, so there's a lot to find uh, that I liked in there. But And I, I don't uh, disagree no, the, with that at all. And I, I, there was a time when I really enjoyed those superhero, you know, comic book movies. And I just, I feel like a lot of them are more of the same now, you know? Oh, for sure. Yeah. yeah. So tonight we're going to talk about the, the Springsteen movie, which is Dan, your jam, and Mike, we've had the, the Beatles movie. Just we need that Modest Mouse themed Right, that will have uh, the trifecta, movie. the perfect trifecta. Yeah, it would be really great. Yeah, this is super <laughs> duper. Well, let's, let's, let's get into this. Uh, I'll hit us with a very high-level plot recap for those who have yet to see Blinded by the Light. And again, that's probably everybody because this movie made like four million bucks its opening weekend is probably going to be not even be in theaters. Yeah by next weekend uh but the movie takes place in 1987 in the town of luton england and the main character is named javed khan of pakistani descent uh who lives with his family as his parents and his sisters in uh, in luton which is sort of a i guess a blue collar town out in the country it's it's largest employer is vauxhall motors and uh, he's in high school. He's trying to find himself. He's, uh, he fancies himself a writer. He writes poetry and is trying to come up with lyrics for one of his buddies' bands uh, for some songs. And then he is, is introduced to the music and lyrical poetry of the boss, Bruce Springsteen. And that definitely connects with him on a visceral level. He's deeply uh, excited by what Bruce is laying down and finds ways to relate and connect to that in just about every scene for the remainder of the film. Uh, His family is not a fan of this. 
he meets a girl, he dates a girl, uh, sort of drama ensues. But at the end of the day, it's the culture clash of his very, very religious and um, more conservative parents and him sort of bucking against that, bolstered by the confidence he received from listening to the boss. And that's Blinded by the Light. What did you guys think of this movie? I, so obviously I went into this really excited and jazzed and, and hoping to love it. I thought, you know, in some ways it was kind of an uneven film, but there were some, there were some moments uh, that I thought were just genuinely beautiful and touching uh, and other moments where I thought, you know, I don't know if I would have picked that song in that scene. Yeah. Some of them yeah. were a little jarring. But I, overall, I, I really, being a Springsteen fan, I had a lot of fun. I think this is a very easy movie to recommend to a lot of different people. It, it's appropriate for just about any audience, I think. So this is one I could fully get behind saying, like, hey, mom, you know, go check this movie out. Or, uh, you know... I, practically any age could go see it. So I, there was a lot to really like. I didn't absolutely love the film, but, you know. Okay. I, I really had a fun time at the theater. Fair. Yeah. Mike, yeah. how are you? Yeah, I, I I couldn't agree more with Dan. I, I thought that it was it was jarring at times. It almost felt like a musical at certain points. Mm-hmm. And I was like, yeah. oh, this is, this is a weird choice of song. And also they went with some deep cuts at some certain yeah. points. And I'm like boy, you're not even hitting the greatest hits album all the time, which as a fan I thought was kind of cool, but also made it a little bit more difficult to connect to. I was shocked that it got a PG-13 rating because I couldn't quite figure out where that came from throughout. I I agree with Dan that it was very family-friendly, and I would recommend this to a lot of people. I had fun. I enjoyed it. But I went in with such high expectations yeah. about this true story of a diehard Springsteen fan that I would consider myself. And it was kind of, you know, 50% there. How about you? What did you think? Yeah, and how many times have you and I well, seen Springsteen live together, Mike? I think you we've seen I've, them four together. Yeah. At least four, yeah. And yeah. we've traveled to different states to do it. Yes, so, correct. Yes, uh, yes. Yeah, we're, we're we, both pretty we diehard it. fans. Yeah. Yes, yeah. We, we like the deep cuts. So I came into this uh, having next to no familiarity with Bruce Springsteen. (laughs) I think I've heard a few of his songs. I saw the movie with my wife and I asked her um, if she was a fan. And she said that she finds his music not repulsive. So that's a plus. (laughs) I'm sure he'd love to hear that. She should send him a fan letter. (laughs) Well, (laughs) and, and I left this movie thinking if you sit through this movie... All the way. And if by the end you don't hate Bruce Springsteen, then you weren't paying attention. I was so sick of the even the concept of Bruce Springsteen by really? the end of this movie. Yes. And by the way, if I just listening to this movie, I'd think, okay, so he wrote four songs. Uh Promised Land is three of them, because it was in the movie three different times. Mm-hmm. I just thought, boy, this there's like what are we talking about here that's so great? And and I've never seen a character in any film that is so singularly consumed with one topic or person that every single scene for the entire movie 
is about that one thing. Not even like a teenage sex comedy from the 90s. Right. Yeah. Like even those movies, the kids take a break to think about beer a little bit. <laughs> uh, but this kid, like, this kid was like, like my mom used to be a librarian and she felt that every problem in life could be solved With the via library. the library. Right. Yeah. right? Like, oh, you just moved to town? Call the reference desk. They'll tell you where the good restaurants are in town. It was like yeah. weird. Like, why would I call the library for that? And I felt like this Javed character was like, oh, you've got a hangnail? Let me tell you what Bruce thinks about hangnails. <laughs> and it was just, I just needed him to think about something else, but he never did. No. And so I yeah. I was exhausted, and yeah. I just, I, I don't need to hear a Bruce Springsteen song ever. Yeah. I don't entirely not understand where you're coming from. Like, yeah. I, 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 okay. I kind of quibble with some of the song choices. I do think they leaned on the promised land way too much. Did you think uh, that the, buddy, did you think that the insertion of Thunder Road where they did was kind of odd and weird too? And it's like, no, it's hard. I, no, I, I you that, like that one. I wept. It was oh, like, okay. I was hearing right. that song again for the oh. first time. And, okay. All right. I, and that is my all time favorite song. Like, Mike, you and I have talked about this many times. Like, when people ask me, like, what's my favorite song? I always have to mean say to them, like, well, you mean other than Thunder Road? Because we'll just take that as... <laughs> that's that's the default. Yes, yeah, right. and so, like, to see it in the context of... I'm not going to say a movie, but a scene that I thought was rather charming okay. in a movie. And to hear it on the big screen, I was just like, I, I got kind of swept away by that scene not oh, by the whole movie there were times in the i'm like why why is he you know singing these lyrics to his friend like it's a musical like nobody does right. that like right. either right. be a musical no. or don't be a musical but it, can we just can we just quickly talk about that so again listeners there are scenes in this movie where the character is listening on his walkman mm-hmm. via headphones he's listening to a song and then he just sort of gets lost in the reverie of the music and starts singing out loud. And no one around him is annoyed by this. In fact, they join the in. two or three yeah. times this happened, they join in. Yeah. And so there's no music right. for them. Right. They're just belting along at the top of their lungs. And then crowds of people will dance or also just find this really charming. And I feel like if you would have done this even today, but certainly in 1987 in Luton as a Pakistani boy, even by what this movie is telling me, I would imagine someone would just dump a soda on your head right, yeah. right, or right. or push you in the dirt to shut you up. Not like smile at how charming you are and, and the girls all want to date you suddenly. So I interrupted you, Dan, and used the Thunder Road example as one that I found particularly jarring, but I think that you were going to say another song or two that you just felt like seemed out of place or lyrics were weird or oh. overly used or what I, I think they leaned too heavily on the promised land I thought it okay. was incredibly jarring when Javed is leaving home because he got that scholarship to study in the United States and his dad says if you walk out that door don't come back here and they just start playing the opening guitar riff from Blinded by the Light which was just like I, immediately I was just like Whoa, that's a that's a weird choice for what should be a heartbreaking scene. And I just thought it, it was kind of a realization for me, like 
this is this guy's experience with Bruce Springsteen. He's and he's got a catalog of what four or five hundred songs, probably. He's a prolific writer. To lean so heavily on on three or four songs throughout the film was a weird yeah. choice. Okay, and there are so many other movies that come to mind that have used the music of Springsteen so well within the context of the movie. And I'm not even talking about things like, you know, The Wrestler or Streets of Philadelphia or Dead Man Walking. Like, I'm talking about movies that have used Springsteen's music as kind of the ambient soundtrack. Like, I thought Copland with Sylvester Stallone. When Sylvester Stallone's character in that film would just put on his record player and Stolen Car would come on. Like, there's a million songs that you could choose from that were so much more atmospheric or moody that would have worked better. But then I thought, like, well, no, maybe for this Javed, that was the, the song that he was listening to when he left home or something. It's his experience with Springsteen. I don't agree with the song choices. I would say through... I don't know, 60, 70% of the movie, I would have used something different. But okay. I'm like, I'm equally passionate about the Springsteen songs that I care about that are the soundtrack to my sure. life. And so I, I can't say that I wouldn't have done something similar if I were making the movie. Like, I'd be like, no, the song works right there. And nobody it else would felt, get it but me. It just felt so... Well, that's the thing. Like, I hear what you're saying, but film is not a an individualized art form right. where you can say, this is what speaks to me. You got to admit... In a two-hour movie, it's weird to have the same song four times yeah. or to, to kind of a jarring, like, blinded by the light during a, a, a melancholy moment. Right, right, right. What did, what, did, yeah. what did you two think about the usage of, like, the lyrics being displayed on the screen, on the wall, at, like, those kind of... Who was the director of Baby Driver we reviewed, like, that was a year ago, and he did kind of a similar thing where they'd flash the lyrics against the wall. What's... What, why can't I remember his name? Anyway... Same thing. Like, what did you guys think of that? Like, that was kind of an artistic little flair that they yeah. did in the movie to to uh, flash his poetry up on the, the wall against the backdrop of the scene. I thought it was an important thing to do because a lot of times I can't understand what Bruce Springsteen is saying. Mm-hmm. He and mumbles words, a little. Yeah. He, he's, got a, he's got a mumbler <laughs> yeah, voice. Right. And, and for the words to have impact and the fact that Java was a writer... I think it was important, but at the same time, I found it really cheesy, and I thought, oh, boy. Every time it came up, especially in the sequences where it was, like, just projected on a huge wall behind him, and, like, he'd turn and face it and put his hands on the letters. Yeah, It's yeah. like, oh, boy, this is, like, like a 1980s music A little video. heavy-handed, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like, like, a, like, a, like a high school, you know, AV class, like, video project. Sure. Not quite a 2019... Yeah feature film but and important to see the lyrics it does take place in the 80s I, i'm wondering if that might be a vibe they were going for artistically i have to say when i saw the trailer for the film and i saw that they were projecting the lyrics on there i remember thinking to myself oh that looks cool i hope that's not just a gimmick they're using in the trailer and that they'll use it in the film and i i agree with danny especially if you're not familiar with Springsteen's catalog there's just no way that you can have I think the music play throughout the film without projecting the lyrics and have it be a movie about the power of Springsteen's lyrics like this is not a guy who's moved at least according to his own 
statements, he's he's moved by the lyrics of Springsteen. Right. And if you're not right. familiar with his lyrics, and if you're not understanding what he's saying, which I think is a, a very fair criticism of Springsteen, um, that is really easily lost on you. But it yeah. it was overused, I think, and... It you know, happened a lot. It, yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. not like they're they're playing, you know, born in the USA the whole time where people know the lyrics. Sure. So I thought it was an important tool to use, but it probably got a little played out. We talked we talked a lot about the music, and again, you guys are huge fans. It's a major pillar in the movie. I guess I gotta ask, what did you guys think of the characters and the rest of the story? Because I, I actually wasn't really able to connect with any character. Javid was okay, but I, I had kind of struggled with him, and I just I didn't really get a kick out of or find anybody else I was really interested in anywhere else on screen. I would agree with you completely. Like the friend that introduced him to Springsteen is kind of a non-entity the rest of the movie, and I wish that that would have. I, I wish that the person that he would introduced him to the musician that he fell in love with and needed to follow would have played a bigger role. His girlfriend kind of becomes a, a girlfriend at what, what love interest, whatever you want to call her, is kind of a non-entity as well. His parents are really just dislikable and still forgettable. Like I, I, I agree. Like Javid was a nice kid that I didn't think a ton about, and I thought zero about the rest of the characters in the movie. Uh. I I would agree with his friend. I don't think there was anything special about yeah. the guy that introduced him to Springsteen. Uh, I did like the story of not only Javed's family, and I, I, I liked the conflict there that he had with his father, which is a, a pretty dominant theme in Springsteen's music, is searching for the approval of, of a pretty domineering father. Um so I did like that dynamic, and I thought they were actually, I thought, portrayed in, in kind of a complex manner. Um, but I thought the most interesting part of the story was the racism that Javed had to deal with mm. in London. I thought that gave the story, um, you know, there's the scene where he and his friend are at the restaurant and they're told to move out of their, their seat. And, you know, I thought... Mm. That to me was like kind of like okay, here's this kid who's he just wants to be a teenager in Luton, you know, and and grow up and you know listen to fun music and things like that. And on top of it, he's got to deal with all this other crap. Like that's something that I really know nothing about, not having grown up as a Pakistani in you know London in the 1980s. But I'm glad you brought that up because actually <laughs> both of you went in the opening said, yeah, this movie. It's great. I'd recommend it to anybody. Uh, you know, PG-13, sort of surprising. I actually wrote my notes. This is the only feel-good musical movie I can think of that also includes a violent race riot. Oh, yeah, there yeah. was. Yeah, I did valid. not yeah. think that this is I think that's the only everybody. reason I didn't, why it was rated PG-13. I did not, yeah, I just thought, like, boy, this movie's trying to have it every way it can. Mm-hmm. It's trying to be, like, this deep comment on the racism it's a, it's a story of like a fractured family and a domineering father during tough economic sure. times 
And it's also a silly laugh out loud musical mm-hmm. where characters break into song and smile and nod at one another as they jaunt around town to the same song for the third time. And I just think this is too weird. I, mean, I think, Dan, you called it uneven. I think that just I, – I, I struggled mightily. Well, and so what movie. does that say to you guys about the state of movies today that here's a movie that I should have really enjoyed – and found some very beautiful moments in, but that that really was uneven. That like I feel compelled to say, yeah, I would recommend this to just about anybody. <laughs> yeah, right, right, right. Yeah, it's uh, the dearth of other things. Because I would, I would, I would yeah. recommend it to anybody. Like, yeah, go see it. There's nothing objectionable in it. If I mean, I suppose you know, if you actively dislike Springsteen's music, then, you know, stay away Probably from Probably not but, for you. But if you're a fan of... But if you're of, ambivalent, like, you'll, you might yeah. enjoy it. What, like, if, there's also a line in here where, where they say, in America, nobody cares where you're from, where I just wrote, I, I, yeah, I, yeah, I, right. I, like, yeah. Uh, oh, boy, like, we're, <laughs> we're getting rough on here. But speaking, speaking of the racism angle... What's up with the fact that people spray paint this racist vitriol onto a brick wall and like there's a bunch of people trying to clean it off with like paper towels and like no liquid. And like, like no, you're not going to get that yeah. off of there yeah. with that. Right, like, right. like you can't just like scrape it off with your fingernail. You're yeah. going to need to paint, you paint over, over that, or get 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 some paint thinner or yeah. something like that. Right, right. Like you yeah. know, you don't clear spray paint off a brick wall it with was 1980s with a Mr. Clean spray paint. sponge. Right. Yeah, right, yeah. right. right. W- what's up with how severe the 1980s were in Luton? Right. Like this movie has characters who purport to wear like boy George red hats Mm -hmm. around school and guys wearing like blouses tucked into like puffy, shiny, pleated pants with like saddle shoes. Like things that you only saw in a music video in the 80s supposedly lived and breathed in (laughs) high school in the 80s. Like that was crazy. Right. Right. Yeah, what I, I'm thinking back to Javed's uh, uh, British friend, his neighbor, right? Not not yeah. the one who introduces him to Springsteen. What was up with him just expecting Javed to write every song for his <laughs> band, and then later telling him that his lyrics are <laughs> like no, like, like, well, then why? write something he waited like a year for, He waited a year for them. Yeah. Like, it was a full year of Javed's life, and he's like, hey, I'll have those lyrics for you any day now. When are you going to get like, me? don't worry about it. Yeah. When are you going to get me those free what? lyrics? What's what's up with Javed showing up at the record store 48 hours before Springsteen's playing Wembley, and they haven't sold a single ticket to the concert? Like, no way. Like, there's like, this guy was selling out Hammersmith Odeon in 75. Like, there is no way in hell that he hasn't sold a ticket at the record store. Like, what? These it's 1987, things, Mike. It, right. He's so last year. No, years ago. I get that 87 was not the peak of his career. So, However, think about what is up with 
the attitude in the film of everybody that like, oh, Springsteen is yesterday's news. It's 1987. <laughs> he had just wrapped up the Born in the USA tour. Right. right he was right. at the absolute height of his popularity. And that, I could be wrong about this. And unfortunately, there's no way of knowing whether or not this is true. But uh, we just don't have the technology to figure it out. But I believe Born in the USA was the second best-selling album of the 1980s behind Thriller. Right, right. Yeah, there, yes. there is no way to There's verify no that. We, 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 we can't fact-check that. No, we Science has figured anyway. out a way to calculate. What, what's yeah. up with this technical college having like a great radio station? Like, like with, with like programming and programming directors. And it plays throughout the... The, the school like no way no way does this happen that's that's absurd no. No. what's up with me no. not being able to figure out whether or not that was a technical college or a high school <laughs> yeah that was frustrating they kept on going back and forth like calling it <laughs> university yeah. Yeah, right but right. then i thought like well i thought he's trying to go to university <laughs> <laughs> What's up with his girlfriend's parents? They seemed pulled straight out of a Monty Python sketch. They were hilarious, like, though. They were they so were... broad, <laughs> it, they... but not in a good way. Like, no, everyone else is no. trying to, to draw, like, realism, and then you've just got, like, these buffoonish, like, <laughs> Michael Palin yeah. and John Cleese clonking around with, like, fake <laughs> boobs. But when she said, when, when his girlfriend said, like, when they offered him wine, and they're, she's like, Dad, he's Muslim. He, he doesn't drink. And then the dad was just like, well, just try a little bit then. <laughs> it just, it'll be okay. Just, yeah, yeah, just try a, just a little bit then. Like, you don't have to drink yeah, the whole glass, fine. but, you know. What's up with Javid's dad getting home from work and taking his sock off and, like, shaking it over his foot? Like, what was that? <laughs> like, like, is he getting, like... Like chunks of stuff out of his sock, Told or yeah. it, it just smells, and he's trying to air it out. That was disgusting. And it was disgusting, and and his wife had a customer in the house. <laughs> like it's sort of like, hey, 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 hold your disgusting foot issue for like another two minutes, please. <laughs> right, that's right. Yeah. Let the, let, can let can you go upstairs and do that in the bedroom, right. please? What's with Javed? Going to a like a nightclub during the day with his sister, where yeah. they are just playing this insanely loud music, and even there, he slips his headphones on and, and disappears, so that he can dance, but just to different oh, music. <laughs> and as big a fan of Springsteen as I am, I will tell you there is not a single song that he does that I I'm like, man, I I I got to dance right now. <laughs> I, I, you know, I got to just, I mean, sure, air guitar, fine. But there's not one song in his catalog where I'm like, yep, I need to dance. (laughs) Dan, you are our guest tonight, so you are in the hot seat for five questions. Are you ready for five questions about Blinded by the Light from our listeners? Yeah, I think I'm, I think I'm as ready as I can be. All right, question number one, Danny and I are going to alternate here. Uh, Number one. Is it possible for Bruce Springsteen to smile in a picture with a fan? <laughs> uh, no. I don't, you know, I, I, I... We saw a lot in the closing credits here, and he does not yeah. smile. And I think the yeah. only... I, I'm convinced the only time he ever smiles is when he's on stage. I think that's the okay. only... I, I think music is the only thing that he's good at. 
and it's the only place where he finds joy at this point in his life. That's interesting. Yeah. That that is both interesting and sad yeah. given he's a multimillionaire and yeah. largely lauded human being. Yeah. Question number two. The marketing for this film really plays up the fact that this movie is from the director of the film, Bend It Like Beckham. Was that a big movie? That, I, that yeah. movie, it, it was nominated for Best Musical or Comedy at the Golden Globes in 2003. Yeah. Oh, my God. Wow. And it ranked 89th at the U.S. box office that year. I... I I mean, I suppose it's big in the sense that it's probably the only other thing that this guy's done that's been noteworthy at all. But I found that strange, too. I'm like, I I had, number one, I've never seen that movie, and I I certainly haven't thought about it in the last 10 years or however long it's been. So, yeah, it was weird. Question number three How sexist are you to presume the director is a male? It's actually directed by a woman. Was it? Oh, my God. No. Mind blown. Yeah. Is that is that real? Yeah, for real? Yeah. Yeah. Well, shame on me. Uh, Shame on you. Or, I mean, we could play up the race angle here that I'm just not familiar with names that that don't sound... So you'd rather be racist than sexist. Yeah, that I've never heard before, you know. Yeah. Uh, Question question number four. What song shouldn't have been on the soundtrack? And I mean Springsteen song. I yeah. think our listeners mean like they, we include a lot of Springsteen songs here. You um, might not like Soft Cell or Boy George, but what Springsteen sure. song was a little overutilized or, or shouldn't have been included? Well, I, I do agree. The Promised Land was was overutilized. Although I think that is an important song in his catalog thematically, and that it should have been used once. Um, okay. There's. Uh, I don't see how you get around using Blinded by the Light in a film called Blinded by the Light, but it was really in a weird place, and I I would have moved it somewhere else or not used it. Okay. Question number five. On IMDB.com, the soundtrack highlights list Born to Run Mm -hmm. by Springsteen, Don't You Want Me by the Human League, and I Think We're Alone Now by Tiffany. Mm. That's the entire list. No, the, is there the a song question in there? Yeah, is there? What is your response to the fact <laughs> that this movie is almost entirely about Bruce Springsteen, has several of his songs, <laughs> and yet in the soundtrack highlights, it goes one Springsteen song yeah. and Tiffany along with Human League. Uh, yeah, not great. <laughs> that's that's absurd. Uh, yeah, yeah, and that but. The interesting one that they used over the closing credits was was a song that was never released before by Springsteen that he wrote for the Harry Potter series. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah he also an he wrote that while he was reading the Harry Potter novels to his children. Okay. And uh, apparently, like they the people producing those movies heard it and were like, "Nah, it doesn't really fit with what we're trying to do." But thanks. And <laughs> so it got included here. All right. Yeah. So it finally saw its release. I mean, this is one like that Springsteen fans have known about for a long time, and we're wondering, you know, would it be released so, when it would get released? Yeah. Awesome. Well, that was five questions, Dan. There it nice was. Nice job. 
Guys, this has been a lot of fun. Dan, it was so fun to have you back on the show, especially to talk about something that you and I are both very passionate about, which is the music of Bruce Yeah, Bruce. It, it, was, it was a lot of fun. I, you know, all in all, like I said, I'm, I'm, I'm glad I saw the film. Um, some beautiful moments in it. Uh, quite uneven. But for me, anyway, the, the beauty of the, the moments that I did enjoy made it a worthwhile movie-going experience. And, and Awesome. I'm, you know, like I said, glad I saw it and would actually I agree recommend it to a lot of people. I agree with you. I would not recommend it at all to anyone. <laughs> I think I think Springsteen Live on Broadway is a way better sit. Yeah. I strongly encourage that one. All right. And all right. I had a blast. Let's do it again in four years. <laughs> Let's do it. Well, coming up next, we're going to be seeing Britney Runs a Marathon. So be sure to come back next week and check that out. Thanks for listening to the Spoiler Alert podcast. Please visit us online at movieoutsiders.com, where you can see what films we'll be discussing next, comment on our recent episodes, suggest movies to review or topics to discuss, or submit questions for the five questions segment of the podcast. Stop by and visit our Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash movieoutsiders, and be sure to follow us on Twitter at movieoutsiders. If you're a fan of the show, we'd really appreciate you leaving a review on iTunes, Overcast, Stitcher, or whatever podcast subscription service you use. We'll be back again next week with another episode, but until then, enjoy the movies.